Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Middle call! Heavy, hey! What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Haber Middle Middlecoff. I'm Guy. With me is John. We're going to start today with a YouTube comment that John just put up on the screen. Because the answer to this question is a hard no. We What's would the get question? Canceled, fired, and for the uh, podcasters. Dropped. Can you uh, for the OG? Yeah. You know the originals, the people. Who uh, paid the this first is bills. from uh, Tazio Basegia. Got bad eyes. That an R? It's an R. May the ham like. May the ham like plus. I don't even know what that means. May or they have could, like ham plus. Oh, like ham plus, like yeah. NFL plus or ESPN plus, where you can see all the behind the scenes footage of them prepping for the show like a high school finishing their homework right before class. Well, is there a chance that, I mean, again, we're on the internet, this this uh, service we use and the Skypes and the Zooms, is everything recorded somewhere in a, in a cloud? I believe so, yes. You, do you want, I mean, do you believe so? I, I haven't really thought that long. I wouldn't put it past I am them. Very- I don't know if there's an unlimited amount of data. I would say I'm very aware of the real possibility. I would go so far, maybe even the likelihood that the things that companies tell us they don't record and keep that they record and keep. Yes. That when we are not recording, that it's possible that somewhere it's being recorded, not necessarily watched. Same with Skype and Zooms and. Yeah, and text messages and phone calls. The the only thing I would wonder about that is once these companies get so big, pretty big liability if they're ever if there's a hack. I mean, they they'd be done. And two, from a cloud situation, there's probably a lot of time spent when a meeting goes live on Zoom or something like or a podcast on yeah. and off. That that would yep. be a lot of information they would be paying for that they're actually not using. That's like once it's very live. true. Would be my only pushback because I'm with you. It, it, I would kind of expect that something shady is going on, but just from an just when you hear these stories about the power of like Oracle or whoever storing your data, like that is very very expensive. It's why Oracle and some of these Salesforce these companies are fucking massive because it's really expensive to store. So why would you want to store stuff that you're actually not using? What about the possibility that not everything is stored always, but that I 
an employee at one of the companies could access specific stuff that I wanted to access. Do a little, do a little, little spy, a little spy work, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I would definitely, I mean, I'm sure we've said things that would take us down, but if I was, let's just pick a random Leonardo DiCaprio and I'm getting on zooms over the last three or four years for just part of my business now. Right. Like instead of pitch meeting, I can just do it on zoom. I would be very careful about what was said and what was not said, right? Where it's different, obviously, if you're just sitting there with your feet up in a room, once everyone leaves, BSing with two other random people just stays there between the two of you. That's going to be interesting how this plays out the next decade or two, right? Unless it's a uh, Mark Jackson team meeting. Well, yeah, true. Because recently, I guess not recently, but wasn't there a huge breach was it Microsoft or something? All their emails. But that, that makes more sense. Like emails are stored, right? When you send an email, you know it's kind of like that's a documented thing. It's a little bit different like this when you're not pressing record or not record. You think it's just, you know, not there. Right. Yep. I know. A lot of trust putting a lot of people, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, how about the guy who who apparently has so little trust in everybody around him that he plays baseball with his phone in his pocket? What's that story? I saw uh, one of the replies was like, do they do they text him when it's a curveball coming? He can feel the phone vibrate in it, you know, against his butt, and he knows curveball. How are you? Is, is that crazy? No, I think it's the most likely. Si- Why would you have your cell phone in your back pocket? You're playing baseball. Is it maybe not even his cell phone? Like you just said, it's a live phone that buzzes when it tells the pitch. Well, I don't. Yeah, I just. Why would you have a cell phone in your back pocket, Pablo? You know, Instagram while he was taking a poop on, yeah. on the Red Sox. Which, which the Instagram and in our generation, the Instagram is the newspaper. We're not. But you got to walk up. It was during a game, though. But you got to walk into the clubhouse. Swings by his locker, right? Why do you need it in your pocket? Yeah, I mean, of course. I like. I think one of the great punishments you could probably give people of a certain age is like, can't take your phone to the bathroom, right? Like that would be. That people don't understand. Like, if you lived in a certain age, you used just to read whatever you could was in arm's reach. Well, I had a buddy. Like, I remember, oh, I remember I one time. Shampoo bottle. I had a college roommate that would would easily resort to shampoo bottle and face wash when he would like realize he didn't bring a magazine and he was already down. You know, those days are long gone. Long gone. I Alpha made the mistake course. the other day of grabbing my iPad phone on my desk. Got their iPad dead. Oh, brutal. What do you do? You're in and out. I mean, Efficiency you, I was, through the roof. Yeah, it was there about a minute. Uh, hello, everybody on our podcast. It's great to have you. If you are listening to this, um, then you are one of the OGs. If you are watching this, then uh, we appreciate you adapting and adopting Team Ham. And we are sponsored by Team Tito's. Tito's Handmade Vodka. I saw there might have been a meeting of the minds with our guy, Devin, and uh, the legendary... Liquor store picker, Sherman Market, Franklin and Union, San Francisco, California, primary store, just slanging picks and slanging goods. Um, Elias, there might have been a photo from those two, but uh, Tito's Handmade Vodka sponsors this podcast, and we're so thankful and proud. Yep, we're both rocking some Tito's swag. We will both be rocking probably some Tito's. You know, Friday night, we got 49ers Packers. Preseason, but still, oh, you, you, Clay you, Matthews faces off. If you leave out preseason and you say 49ers Packers, it sounds pretty sweet. Well, the only way to make a preseason game actually pretty sweet, you just have a couple Tito's. 
Uh, here's what we need you to do. Link us, at us, forward us your pictures on Friday night of you boozing, of you making a cocktail uh, with Tito's, watching Niners Packers or hell, watching anything. But if you're at home watching that game, Instagram, Twitter, Tito Soda, probably what I will go with. Uh, John Daly's Never Go Wrong, the ginger beer, the little mules, uh, t- you know, Tito's on the rocks. Uh, my, my brother's neighbor, he's is Chris, actually Chris Williams, we went to high school with. He's like, you know, Chris's drink is uh, is Tito's with a splash of soda. <laughs> he's like, he's like, <laughs> so it's like, uh, you know, it's, he's like, you have a couple of those, you know, you walk home, you're like, whoa. Uh, so whatever your drink of choice is, you know, do you, boo. Yeah, do you, boo. I like that, John. That's a good slogan. Tito Beverage. That's the man's name. His real last name is Beverage. 95. He was just a man with a dream. Now he's a man with um, the greatest vodka in America. Bottled, distilled, distilled, bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume. Namely, 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. We tip our hat to you, and we uh, appreciate everybody that supports Tito's handmade well, guy, I'd put I'd put 50-50 while the Niners Packers is going on. Rodgers is having a Tito's and something at his house in Green Bay. Ayahuasca? Tito's and ayahuasca? With a little ayahuasca. I, I'm still not sure is, is ayahuasca. Is it liquid? Is it mushrooms? Like I don't know what it is. Is it do you eat it? Do you sniff it? Do you do you swallow it? Like how how do you uh intake ayahuasca? Great question. I did see that Jake Plummer who probably would be the best match for like an Aaron Rodgers backup quarterback at this point in time. Have you ever done a football game with Jake Plummer? Um, I've not. Didn't he, did he, didn't he work for Pac-12 for a split second? He did some studio. He did like some pregame stuff. I don't know if he did a game. You know who drafted him? Mike? I'm pretty sure. Shanahan? Yeah, I think he replaced Greasy. Uh, He said he plans on living until he's 100. Same. So we told the PFT guys plans on it. So, uh, but, but, but you drink it. It's a tea. Oh, it's a tea. Oh, that's easy. Uh, LMAO, three days of struggling pronounce ayahuasca. Yeah, I, I don't, I probably still haven't gotten it right. I still, the major, the overwhelming majority of people have no clue like how to pronounce it either. Like to me, there, it's the percentage of people that feel comfortable talking about it is small. I, I I'm very confident in that because I have. Many in my community of like college friends that I, I wouldn't say the drug community, but th- they would th- they and they ain't taken like it is. It's a niche niche thing to me now, and they, the the niche pushes back like we're destigmatizing. It's gonna save depression. Well, okay, we, we might, but we are. <laughs> we got a lot of steps before we got there. I mean, again, when we, you and I were in high school or in our thirties, you were buying weed in the fucking behind McDonald's only cash. Like things, things take a while to progress here. So I, I would, and I, is ayahuasca the thing that made him poop and pee or is that something different? I'm also confused by that. I thought that was something different. But I thought it was too. Yeah. Ayahuasca just makes you, makes you kind of high and clear and think, right? Billy on the stream says, and makes you extremely sick. I think they might be intertwined, the poop pee thing. But oh, okay. I, I don't think the, I, I think the poop pee thing might have been like a specific, like, uh, again, I'm not cleansable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John, uh, by the way, as we are live on YouTube, subscribe and like, as we are live on YouTube on Wednesday, we have two Thursday night preseason games coming up tomorrow. 
Yeah. So I just thought I could, um, I got the promos for the games. You know, I want to get you fired up for these games, John. I, 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 I already have an idea once the regular season hits that we like pick three games or whatever. Cause I, the, the, I think there's a, what do this is, this is kind of funny, but what? just when we pretend to even care about the shitty games, you know, cause no one cares now, granted, if it's good, you know, Sunday, like 12 o'clock and it's a tie game, like Scott Hansen's all over it, then it's cool, but we can't pretend cause no, cause I, I, I think authenticity it really hit me the other day. Authenticity is the big movement. Like part of the reason old school media kind of dies, like people make fun of Skip, it feels like they fake a lot of things. It's like, you know, no one no one at their house is thinking about. Now, granted, like. I think Skip me- believes a lot of the stuff he says, by the way. Yeah, but you know what I mean. It, I do Most people think yeah. that he's faking Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Not pretending like you're just not promoting everything well, just you don't need to who cares like just talk about right. what you're excited to talk about you know or coming up this thursday brian dayball debuts as the giants bald head honcho and Kayvon thibodeau tries to prove the giants right it's thursday night football i will say this the patriot giants game is semi-interesting just because matt patricia, matt patricia. calling their place yeah but there's nothing interesting about the giants coming up on th- uh you're correct Coming up on Thursday, Roto World says Traylon Burks is running with the twos and threes, but Titans Twitter says, fuck you. You don't know. That shit was wrong. Plus, third rounder Malik Willis tries to play a sweet Nashville tune in his Titans debut against Ravens rookie safety Kyle Hamilton, who's still pissed to be here. It's Ravens Titans. That's a pretty good promo. Yeah. I, I think it's a good promo. You also could have got. Remember Harbaugh and Vrabel. Remember they had the little scuffle a couple years ago. Was that a preseason game? No, I think it was regular season game. Oh, I see what you're, you're just saying. There's some bad blood there. Yeah, it was like Vrabel. Didn't he kind of walk in their area and Harbaugh came over? Something happened. Like crossed yeah. midfield or something like that. Now I'd also say it feels like John Harbaugh's like always a something happened guy. Like it just. He's been in a lot of like John Harbaugh was involved with more than to me, Mike. I'd say Mike's resume a little more consistently. I don't think he's looking to shove you on the sideline. Yeah, they had the they they had two separate situations with New England. Who? The Ravens. They had the definitely Gronk lined up as the left tackle. The Lane Kiffin thing, yeah, that they stole the play. Right. Wasn't there another one, another rule that Bill knew? Uh was the same thing. Didn't the thing? What did Vrabel do to Bill? Didn't Bill do that to somebody else first? I think yeah. When he did remember the, how, fake, the smirk on the sideline. Yeah, remember how Vrabel? What was it? Was he like taking penalties? So yeah, he on the run punt, the and you could just keep going up and down to like yeah, five minutes. Bill clearly, obviously, Bill did that to somebody else. First, I th- right? I thought Bill might have done it to Harbaugh, and he like didn't know the rule. Uh, yeah, I thought there were two Harbaugh incidents with Bill. Yeah, you're right. John and Jim, man, they just jack raced fighters. Uh, well, the other thing Harbaugh did is Harbaugh alerted, I think after that game, alerted the Colts to watch out for the balls. So Belichick thinks that Harbaugh was the catalyst. Like, it's not like the Colts figured it out, that he had told them, and that's how they knew. I, and I think Grixon admitted it. He said the reason we knew is the Harbaugh had told us I think Belichick hates John Harbaugh and vice versa. Because Vrabel claimed that, like, I got no issue with this guy. I don't know what this fucking deal is. What a nut job. And like, yeah, Mike, he, these families nuts. <laughs> I mean, their famous story is Jack punching a guy on the side of the road while the two kids watching the background cheered. 
<laughs> I love the idea of Bill not being the crazy person in a dispute. <laughs> I just think Bill, you know what you're getting. Like B- Bill ain't Bill ain't calling to the league guy, right? Bill's not like turn you in guy. Like if if, if he was a college coach, no. he wouldn't turn you into the NCAA. Where it no. feels like John Harbaugh would, but John's also like John. You're also cheating, you know. John's always getting in trouble. What so was the just, remember the end of game situation with Harbaugh? The year didn't the Ravens miss the playoffs like week seventeen? They had some weird end of game situation. I don't maybe know. it wasn't. A, maybe yeah. What was that? A f- f- might have been even was that Flacco once? Anyway, somebody said uh, the mic is quiet now. Is that true? Can you hear me? Okay. Sounds you, good. All right. You always sound normal to me. Well, I mean, something. Somebody just said something happened, but no one else saying yeah, it. Though. I'd, be, we'll I'd be careful with the group. You know, the they've, chat been known, also, they've been known to lie. <laughs> the chat. Somebody in the chat told somebody else in the chat earlier that I'm now the voice of the Raiders. So, so sometimes I look, and I can get distracted on multiple elements. I can think something's funny and kind of lose. I, I, someone can say something mean and piss me off. I've noticed when I just don't even look. I just we just rock and roll. Yeah, we got to you know interact with them as time goes, but. Mike is fine. All right. We watched Trey Lance today, John. We were at Wednesday's practice just outside Levi Stadium on the shores of Tasman Drive. And um, home that Steve Jobs and uh, Bill Gates built. And Gideon you. I got good news for you. Nothing crazy to report. Second day. I said to you when we got onto the field, when our heels touched down, on an inch of uh, ayahuasca grass or whatever kind of grass it is. Bermuda. Bermuda. The short Bermuda. That um, all I wanted to see today was a good day yesterday from Trey and not take a step back today. Just consistency. And um, I think as you said afterwards, you know what? That was another pro practice. That's what it was. Another pro practice from Trey Lance on Wednesday. Feels like you got to be very excited if you're Kyle Shanahan, Brian Greasy, John Lynch, Adam Peters. The guy said, as the longer we go into training camp, it feels like he's improving. And uh, I, I thought to, to bounce back after his best day as a 49er, let's be real. Yesterday was his best day as a 49er. Uh, to have a real practice again, I, I wouldn't say it's quite as good as yesterday. Now, granted, is part of it. He just hit a couple bigger plays last year or last yesterday. Um uh, it was a big positive. And to me, if he can just be consistent, like if I get, if I know what I'm getting 13 out of the 17 games, I'll even allow him four stinkers. And hopefully in one of those stinkers, the defense is good enough. You win that game. Maybe even two, you split two of his, you know, four of his, you know, four bad games. If he can just be a consistent player, they would be very, very happy. I, I think that I would say my concern was early in camp, which would be with a, any young quarterback, Trevor Lawrence to, you know, Justin Herbert. It's like, are we going to get a lot of ups and downs? And that still might be the case, but I would rather just know like kind of what I'm getting the majority of the time. You, you got to allow like, I, I don't know what the, I just picked four out of 17, but you're going to have some bad games, right? You're just going to have a game plan that kicks your ass. You're going to have one of those games where you're just off. Like that's, we see that a lot in the NFL, right? Um, and some some of those are going to be maybe a terrible half, and hopefully he bounces back in the second half. Like Peyton Manning has those, right? Tom Brady has those. Aaron Rodgers has those. Now, the better you get, the the smaller that number of games is. But you know they're going to be 
bad plays, but overall, are you going to have consistent games? And if the trade that we saw the last couple of days, if they can just figure out what type plays he's just going to be consistent with, which I think they're getting a better idea with. And I think he's going to run a little bit more than we probably thought early in camp because they never asked him to do it, which kind of makes sense looking back, right? They were really, really working on the intermediate to deep passing game. They, they were forcing those – forcing is the wrong word. They were just consistently calling those plays, I think, to rep them out, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially once Debo showed up with the pads, yeah. right? And they took another, you know, early team drill, and and somebody in the uh, sway in the chat said no Charvarius Ward or Emmanuel Mosley again in practice on Wednesday, which is correct. Their starting corners didn't practice, um, but uh, early it might have been the first. I it wasn't the first play of team drills. Kyle always runs the ball in the first play. They took a deep shot, kind of one of those deep crossers to Debo. I, I I saw the end of his route, so I don't know if he came from the other side of the field or if he just bent his, you know, started up at the hash and bent out to the sideline. But it was basically Debo, three guys on him. Debo had the step, extend. Um, we can talk about, I want your assessment on the throw in a second. Hit Debo in the off the tips of the fingers, and he did not catch it. It was a difficult, he kind of went all out for it. But I was thinking about it. First um, Debo dive of the, uh, of the camp? Yeah, I think it was. Kittle made a nice dive and catch over the middle on a on an extended play. I was thinking about it like um like two different powers of a flashlight, Garoppolo to Lance, right? Like imagine you're in a cave and you have a flashlight that can only go 50 feet. Well, you don't know really what's beyond 50 feet. And that was kind of Garoppolo with the offense. And Lance, even though he's not always going to be able to hit some of those deep throws. He's a flashlight that shows you much more of the cave. There's just access. You can see parts of the field that you didn't see before, that you didn't bother. The Niners offense did not look at things in certain places on the field because it wasn't going to be a part of their offense with any consistency. And I did think about that a little bit today. Just the Even though they haven't hit a bunch of deep balls to Debo, the fact that that just exists for them where it didn't exist before is one more kind of element of stress that they can put on a defense. Um, he made a really nice throw to Ayuk, a really good catch by Ayuk today. Now, it's tough. I mean, there was one ball a couple times, actually. Bosa, Bosa had multiple sacks in practice. Bosa was in team drills today and had multiple sacks, I thought. But um, what did you think of the deep ball to, to Debo? That I, it was the only deep ball, really, I think, that he threw to Debo today. To me, there's... A lot of his misses in early in camp when I would say, again, critical. It sounds so negative. It's just people just reporting what was happening. Balls way overthrown. Balls where guys had no chance. That, when we talk about inaccuracy, is ultimately a problem. I think you will take that pass in the vicinity where only your guy has a chance yeah. every day of the week. Absolutely. Right? To me, if he's throwing that ball all the time, they're going to hit a large percentage of them just because their guys are so skilled. So to me, there is a major difference on the ones that he's just overthrown or where the guy like, you know, Shaquille O'Neal in his prime might not have put a finger on it and the ball that like ultimately hit the ground, but your $60 million players laying out because it, to me, their ball skills, Debo and definitely IUK, but even I know Jennings has dropped balls and obviously Kittle like the, as, with time goes on, if he puts it in their vicinity, they're going to have a lot of opportunities to make plays, right? Because he has incredible – I mean, his top three playmakers, Debo, Kittle, and Ayuk. I mean, that's 
I think we go around the league. It's it's fair to say that's fucking up there, right? Like it, it, Kyle, it, the entire league. Would you trade your trio of three playmakers for? Let's just go around the league. Like there, I haven't looked, but there wouldn't be many, if any. There, Mostert, there'd be you. you would Mostert, say, Mostert, Waddle, and Tyreek Hill. No, because you wouldn't want the side. <laughs> but I, I know what you're saying. But I, you could argue there might not be. Yeah, Honestly, I um, the Raiders would have one of the better packages in the league. I didn't think he had Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, or you'd go the three receivers. Well, I'd go Waller, Devontae, little white guy, Devontae. Renfro. Yeah. Um, Kyle's like, I'd like a little Renfro. Do you? I don't think he had one of those bad throws today. Like one of those misses Wait. that just turns out to be a wasted play. He did. He did throw a ball away. Threw it out of bounds. It hit a cooler, bounced, and hit a little kid in the face. Well, I think I think he was okay. So, um, but that was an intentional throwaway, which with fans around is actually kind of dangerous because it turns out even those balls that look like they're just little floaters are moving pretty quickly. It hit a cooler. It hit something. I heard a bang. I looked. It, no one was holding their head. I, I, what I, what I think happened is it perfectly skipped off. You think it hit the you, ground? You, you know, like. Uh, you know, like a PJ golf tournament where everyone's been walking. It's yeah. so compact, and that ball was moving so fast that everyone split. It hit the dirt, but the dirt is like concrete and skipped like a rock would. Okay, I just heard a sound. So yeah, it hit the it hit the ground, but it skipped perfectly like a rock on a lake because the ground was so hard and went right into the front row of the stands. Again, he's, th- this is a forty yard bomb down the field. Not his fault. Throw it. It did, yeah. it did pepper the kid. It was a boast right sack, honestly, is what it was. Yeah. The play was well over. Trey would have been in on the ground, right? In a game. Um, you know, one thing that occurred to me watching him today is he, he hopefully get some chances. I, You'd go into a preseason game, and we'll talk more about this, not wanting to run him. But he doesn't slide in practice, John, when he runs. So his first, but you don't need to slide when you're not going to get tackled, right? Understood, but you do need to have a plan for how to end your runs. So he's not going to really. Is he Kyler sliding in practice? No, I don't think I. I don't think I've really seen quarterbacks at all slide in practice. But I wonder if you should slide a little bit in practice because you may not run them that much in the preseason, and once a game starts, you do want to be able to, you know, know how to end the run play when he's running the football, just a thought that crossed my mind today is like when the season starts is the first time he'll be doing that stuff. I'll be honest. Based on last year, he doesn't strike me as a slider. He I know, me as a which is front uh, head first diver. Yeah. You don't, you don't slide when you don't know how to slide. You get hurt. You know, I, I don't think he's going to be a slider. Just got to fit. I don't, he doesn't have to slide. He's got to end these runs somehow is my point. Whatever that means. To me, there are two guys. He does, he does a lot of this, like, yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of, what do you call that? I don't know. Tur- turtling his body up in these practice runs, which makes me think his move in games is take guys on or die forward uh, to me or, or die forward. Yeah. Ky- Kyler and Russell are the two sliders and they are baseball guys. I feel most other guys are pretty clunky. You watch Lamar. He's kind of a diver. He I is. Mean, I, I Trey does not strike me as you're getting slide in a second base ever. And I, I don't even mean, even when he's not like trying to take on contact, like doesn't it feel like he's just kind of going to hit the ground? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, last year it, he didn't know how to land the plane. Uh, I'm fascinated just, to watch him run in real games. 
including, I mean, the preseason, he might take off too. You're right. What's it look like? One, just his confidence in the open field. And then two, I honestly, it hadn't crossed my mind. I would always try to get toward the bat out of the white lines. But he runs up the middle a lot. I know. So Kid Tricks on the uh, YouTube stream says, sad that Lamar has no weapons outside of Mark Andrews. Get Rashad Bateman. I heard they, they have a Bateman's tight end from player. Coastal Carolina that a little birdie told me has been looking sweet. Okay, so they're going to have two tight ends and Bateman and Lamar. I know this. The, the people around the Ravens, they think they're fucking good. And they know what good teams look like. Again. You think they're you think they're worried about trading Hollywood Brown? They're not. No, I think Bateman's better for them than Hollywood Brown. Yeah, Dobbins. They got all the running backs coming back. That's right. Anyway, so good day for Trey. Um, hard practice today. Do you notice that all the um, like I don't know what you'd call them, like the the swag squad or whatever. For whatever reason, Uzcheck, Jennings, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Those four guys all were wearing black pants today when everyone was wearing gold and Trent Williams. So I don't know if that's the swag squad or it's like wearing a C on your chest and said you get to wear the black pants in practice. Um, they have a name called the swag squad. Is that something? I just made that up. Like uh, the five of them wearing black. I mean, use check. Like, tell me any of those guys don't belong on the squad on the swag squad. Yeah. Use check Debo, Ayuk, Jennings and Trent Williams. Uh, Jennings, you know, we, we a little longer resume to get there. Okay. But I just the look. I mean, the look is he pulls it off. Like the he red hair. Yeah, he looks whatever cool. it is. Maybe it's gold. I can't remember. But it, I think it's red. I don't know what that was about in Niner practice today, but it looked interesting. The black pants. Uh, anything else on Trey Lance's day today? Encouraging. Feels good not to have to. Yeah, encouraging. Just, just strong. Um, but you know, one other thing I wanted to say because you made the point to me that it it was a pretty intense practice. Before we talk more about Trey, um, playing on Friday. You've been to a lot of NFL camps over the years um, in other places. The more I go to Niners, like every practice we've been to, however many we've been through over the last few weeks, every time I'm just, it strikes me how Fred Warner practices like he plays to the point that he makes it clear that he really cares. You know what I mean? Like he celebrates plays, he talks trash, he makes hits. He bounces everywhere. I don't think I quite understood. I remember last year seeing Fred at practice and just recognizing what a physical kind of specimen he is, right? How different he is than most guys who play the sport at the highest level. But I think watching him every day practice has given me an appreciation for how hard he practices. Like the things you say about Kittle and the way he practices, I think you say about Fred. Fred's always out there. And he just, I don't, it doesn't feel like there's a speed. I was talking to our buddy Shane Vereen the other day. He's like, you know, I like playing in preseason games because they were faster than joint practices. They weren't quite, they weren't as fast as regular season games, but they just kind of helped you. I didn't want to play a whole game, but, and um, I think Fred, whatever it is you're allowed to do, wherever that line is in an NFL practice today, Fred is up on that line. And, it just really stands out. I think when you watch him practice every day that he just is the same every single day. Can I, can I throw another name in there that I've just been the last couple of years, but what really kind of keeping an eye on him this camp, like his, his he's quieter than Fred, but his level of just play speed and intensity and effort. Jimmy Ward is pretty high level practice guy. 
Yeah. Like he's there just pretty. And, and this guy's not as sexy of a name yet. And we'll see how good he actually is as a starter. But I think that safety combination is pretty dialed in. Like they just, they are not fucking around. They're taking reps full speed. You talk about pros. I think that, I think that word gets thrown out. I mean, everyone's technically a pro. They're all getting paid, but like we all know if you follow sports long enough, what it kind of represents, like how you act, how you operate, how hard you practice, how serious you take things. They really like part of hard knocks, the whole thing, Dan Campbell's selling. And I think so many teams that start from scratch are like grit and toughness. And you just realize the 49ers have it in spades, you know, like they're all their core guys, like, other good players are just dogs, <laughs> you know, just th- they would play tomorrow and fucking crack skulls like no problem. Like if you told these guys they had like Friday was for the one seed. I mean, I, I would I'd bet on the Niners. Now, I don't know. I mean, I, Packers might be better than I thought. I, I think the Packers can be good. But even playing Rogers full go, I'd be like, I think this team, I think they'd be ready to fly around and crush people. maybe they're just naturally this way because they weren't like highly touted guys, but the three linebackers, I mean, obviously you got Fred Aziz Al Shire and Dre Greenlaw are, as you like to say, every I've watched those guys off on their own, doing their own little drills. Those three are serious as a heart attack when they're together. Like there is Dre Greenlaw and Aziz Al Shire are always sweating kind of just talking to themselves or talking to somebody else or locked in that group is locked in. And it's the three of them. Like it is that this little core, they have other linebackers, but when there's a bunch of positional drills going on, the other linebackers are off doing like special team shit. And it's just those three guys. It is like when you watch them, there's less people around them than the quarterbacks because there's only three quarterbacks, but they've got multiple people there to catch the ball for them, plus Greasy, plus Slowick, plus Kubiak, right? There's a lot. The linebackers, it's just like the three of them and Johnny Holland and like one other assistant. And they're just off by themselves and they're just always doing something. And they just look like they're – if you just saw the three of them, you'd think those three are plotting something. I don't know what they're up to, but those three guys, those three people are up to something. That's how they always look. I, 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 what I think makes – this team's very reminiscent to me – in terms of the way they go about their business as the Harbaugh teams, beside Fred, who ultimately relative to the rest of the league, like is Fred that loud in practice? Like he's the only guy talking. So he kind of stands out. Like part of the Seattle thing was they were always screaming, hooting and hollering the yeah. LOB, right? Everyone. And you know, and really when it was four or five guys, but just screaming like, fuck you, Russell, you suck. Can you imagine how loud it was? The Ravens historically with Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Terrell Suggs, it was loud. I'm talking at practice. When I was with the Eagles, Asante Samuel never shut up. Now, granted, he was our pro bowler. Like, he was sweet. But it's just loud, you know? I mean, Fred's talking, but I don't think Fred is, like, overly – to me, it's just a very workmanlike – I mean, their two best players don't say a peep in Trent and Bosa, right? Not a peep. You don't – Bosa's expression doesn't change. You couldn't pay Bosa to say a word. You know, honestly, Jimmy, who is a very like, you feel his presence like throughout the season. He doesn't. Yeah, Jimmy right now. We're, Jimmy now means Jimmy Ward. Just we're on the defensive side. Like, do you ever hear Jimmy saying anything besides like communicating with his guys? He, I think he he was the guy at the center of the huddle before practice on Wednesday. That's what I mean. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, when football starts, like they are, it, it, their defense feels like their cohesion of like everyone on the same page is pretty high. Yeah, it does. <laughs> 
and they're really deep on the D line. But I think with when I when I mentioned Fred talking, I would say the best way to describe it is just imagine Fred in a game. That's how he acts, just the same way. He's not not making noise after a play, not afraid to talk, but it's not anything extra because it's a practice. It's just the same as he does in a game is what he does in a practice. And that level of consistent effort, you're talking about Trey. Like all you want is to know what you're getting every day. And the one one of the things Kyle Shanahan does not have to think about. He does not spend four seconds thinking about does my defense have the right leadership? Is Fred Warner going to show up to practice? How's Fred going to practice today? How's yeah. Bosa going to practice today? How are Greenlaw and Aziz Alshire? How's Hufunga and Jimmy Ward going to practice today? Does not cross his mind for three seconds. D'Amico Ryan doesn't spend four seconds worrying about it. No. Doesn't have to say a word to anybody. Guys, we got to bring it today. I I, I have. I, I've respected D'Amico since I watched him. And I mean, he came in. I was ended up doing the West Coast, but just the way he was talked about in the league, like super high level guy. If I was going to play devil's advocate, like, are we sure this guy's some can't miss coach? And clearly Kyle loves him and he's a good coach. He did inherit a pretty awesome, awesome situation, right? Saul left, covered pretty full. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah. A lot of just, you know, all these good. Now, he, he not a lot of Hall of Fame coaches that just coach shitty players, John. No, but what, they, all, what do they always say when they get the Hall of Fame? A lot of what these young, a lot the of players. these young guys were already kind of humming. Yeah, yeah. I'm pro D'Amico. I'm just I saying it's pretty ideal situation to come in and kind of keep flying, especially now. Like after now, his corners have upgraded from last year. I think he where he's going to get some credit is if they blitz a lot, do a lot of man coverage. Like he's going to get credit for oh, he's putting his stamp on this thing. I think that's where it's going to. I guess my ultimate point here is. Dan Quinn goes to the Cowboys the year before. They have the worst defense in the league. Mike Nolan's like clearly Dan Quinn impacting them, right? You've seen Fangio go different places. This is a situation like their defense was. Robert Sala got a head job for a reason. Their defense right. was dominant when they they just had a couple injuries, right? So it's just one of those. It's if D'Amico gets a job, to me, people in the league should be lining up to try to take over this bad boy. Fucking stacked. Fangio? <laughs> well, it's probably the guy. Um, the problem is the that is going to be talked about nonstop. I even think it'll come up throughout the season. Vic is historic. He runs a 3-4 defense. This is a 4-3 defense. Yeah. I mean, that's a the long world, way down the line. The world has changed since Vic was last. Right? Because like, yeah, he, he was kind of head coach. But even, I'm just saying, like, we're talking like, well, I guess it'd be only one year of football since he last coached if he, right? Yeah, he was the coach last year. Yeah. Um, I think Salah will take Aziz or Yeah, I mean, well, both those guys are unrestricted free agents, so. you Was that you or Dickinson that had the idea today? I, I threw it out. It, it was it, you. Pretty, pretty big stretch, though. I mean, you'd, it would probably be, it'd be Al Shire. I, I don't know if Greenlaw quite has Pro Bowl upside. And maybe I'm just, because he was injured last year, I didn't see him as much. Either one. Let's just say one of them makes the Pro Bowl. So you get like Fred and him in the Pro Bowl, 51 or 57. You're not just letting them both walk for nothing for comp picks. We're not Ozzie Newsome out here. I, I think you'd have to hope to do like a tag. Now, you're not getting a first-round pick for Lent, but could you get like a you know late second or something? I don't know. Or do you pay one of them? Well, you might pay one of them. Well, Parag's move historically has been like extend early. Like both those guys are mid to late round picks. I mean, Greenlaw's a fifth round. I mean, could you get, you know, for 
three or thirty million dollar extension, seventeen million dollar. Yeah, I, that's just feels low in modern day NFL. But while you're like, like trying it. to extend Ayuk early, to me, you're just in no rush when he's drafted that late. Like I, I'm rolling on Ayuk's contract for a couple of years at cheap rate, aren't I? As long as you can, but he just might be in the holdout mode, hold in mode. The one thing you said, and they've said this, we negotiate with one year left, and Nick Bosa didn't get it. Neither did Debo Samuel. They both got extended. You know, in theory, Bosa gets it at the right. like, going into their last year. It's like, Ayuki got one more year, then we pay you. Right. He goes, okay, hold in. Because that's what I, that's what I, if I was his agent, we'd be like, okay, we're not practicing. Yeah. Yeah. Or if he's like, what? <laughs> We can still throw on the side, right? You'll still throw with me in the offseason? That'll be the real killer. Uh, Trey Lance is playing on Friday. He is not going to play the second preseason game, and then he'll play the third preseason game. That's what uh, Kyle Shanahan said. So uh, the question is, how much is he going to play? And is Trent Williams going to play? Well, three ga- th- they play three times, three actual preseason games in 13 days. So when you say it out loud, that's... I would imagine the the game against the Minnesota Vikings is going to be pretty barren. If you told me like Sudfeld plays like a quarter and Purdy gets three, you know, it's yeah, it, it could be a lot of Buck Mason out there and other randos, but I, I call him Buck Mason. What, what's his first name? Frank Jordan Jordan, who looks pretty good. I, I I'm pretty excited at least for the start of this game uh, for just Jordan Love Trey Lance. I mean, just see two core. I mean, Jordan Love is one. Is he the most famous backup in the league? Not because of his play, but because of the name and because of what he represents. I think he definitely once was. I don't know if he, he's 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 kind I don't of mean, forgotten out of sight of my mind. Value play standpoint, I just mean the name. Like when you no, say I Jordan know. Love saying, to a football I, fan, do they know who he is? I think you know. Three years ago, he absolutely was probably the most famous backup. Now it feels like the world has forgotten about him. Yeah. So he's not in the Jimmy Garoppolo pre-trade. I don't think he's curating Jimmy Garoppolo now. No, because people don't think he's any good. Jimmy's got a Subway commercial. So I I just think Niners, Packers, this is a – this game's going to naturally get some eyeballs. It's on NFL Network, right? It's it's got a little bit Patriot-Giants. Like, it's just the matchup that you don't even need. You could just be going to start third stringers, and people are going to give you a quarter just because of the matchup. But you go – you put Trey Lance – and we'll see how long he puts them. I don't think it's inconceivable that he gives them three, three or four series. Because if you're starting them, you're giving them multiple series, right? You give them the first series, and you want to see how he responds. What's I don't really think he makes point? any sense to go one series. Depends, right? Is it a fourteen play series? Well, yeah, fourteen play touchdown. It's it's easy to yank them, but I it feels like a lot of times why coaches bring the guy back in a lot. It's like three and out or five plays or you know. It can be clunky sometimes in preseason. I think you think I'm crazy. You just Jimmy Garoppolo is still on your roster, right? Yeah. But he won't be around at the game. Yeah, I'm not saying he plays in the game, but I just part of me wonders, do you there's a slight lower risk in the preseason as long as Jimmy Garoppolo is still on your team. But there's not if, a lower risk from injury just in a vacuum. There's not a lower risk, but it's 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 an injury kills you less because Jimmy Garoppolo is not on somebody else's team or, you know, on the street getting his only paycheck from Travis Matthew right now. That that 
safety net is there as long as he is there. And it's not a plan that anybody has. But if you think Trey Lance would really benefit from getting preseason snaps, and I go back and forth on this. I don't know how you feel. Like, does he have to only play with Trent Williams? It feels like not because there's no way Trent's playing multiple series if he's playing at all. I know Papa said that Trent told him he doesn't want to play. And Lund was like, yeah, he didn't say that on the air. But I would Trent, I, Trent I, practices I, I, a ton. I would not expect 71 to be in pads. Do you? I don't expect him to. But that means that just like, you know, Colton McKivitz is your starting left tackle. Which, they, I mean, the last multiple years, I mean, shit, I was at week 18. Trent Williams was not in pads. Like, you... More than likely, you might play a game this year with Trent Williams not being there. A thousand percent. I agree. Like, it shouldn't be just Trent plays, then you play. If Whoever starts, here. if Trey Lance is starting, is going to be on the 49ers, right? He is one bad, one injury away from starting. So it's not crazy. You're not. It's one thing. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Yeah, prize picks is where it's at. Prize picks. America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million users. I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani less season long pick quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. For example, this week on prize picks, you can go, Anthony Edwards, more than 29 points, and Nikola Jokic, more than 10 rebounds. Playoff time's the time to join because star players mean more on prize picks. Keep an eye out for the starred players on the board, and you could receive a 10% payout boost if they're in your winning lineup. So right now, download the prize picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, code HAM50. First deposit match up to 100 bucks. Price picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Need to start like an undrafted free agent that's going to be uh, in the AAF. Like, that's not the case. I'm not rolling him with the threes, but like, yeah, I, I, I can live with several series. My main issue, though, is, guy, is that the preseason, when it's operated like LaFleur operates, and LaFleur historically now, we have three years of data, falls under the McVeigh camp. And that's not even counting the uh, the game where Mark Davis took him to Canada. The 80-yard field? They played everyone going the same way? With cone, with cones. You had to, like, make, make it, take it. You had to, like, <laughs> you had to take it back. You had to take it out beyond the 3 And LaFleur line. said, yeah, I'll have 17 guys playing this game. I'm talking, he does not dress people. So you when were Gruden getting... was like, oh, we're going to play? Yeah. He's like, no, I'm not, buddy. 
Uh, I struggle with going up against with my star players, Johnny Tryhards, and I, that, that sounds like I'm diminishing some of these guys, but a guy that looks goes, I'm not guaranteed to be on the Green Bay Packers. This is my fucking moment to prove to LaFleur, prove to my position coach, prove to the GM. I'm a fifth-round pick. I'm going to make this team. And do you know what they tell you nonstop in preseason? The coaches, the position coaches, every time you step on that field, there's no guarantee you're going to make the team. But every team in the league is watching you. Like, it's – it's for and a lot of these guys, especially if you've done this a couple years, like if you're a returning guy for the Packers and you were just on their practice squad all last year and you were like their six-round defensive tackle or defensive end, you go, I don't want that. I, I want to make the team this year. Like I, so I'm going to approach this preseason game. I mean, it's your Super Bowl. Every snap you get in the preseason game, when you view yourself as, I bet half the guys that they roll out might have been on the practice squad last year or practice squad somewhere else, and they're thinking, I I want a the 800. I want to be a 53 man NFL player, and you just get to me in a game like September 11th, like everyone's got the same on the line. This week one NFL, we're all, we're trying to play to win the game. You're not necessarily playing to win the game here, right? Players are playing to, it's, it's got a little minor league baseball thing to it, right? You're playing as a team, but you're kind of playing for yourself. If you're a fringe guy, which immediately happens the moment you don't dress 25 guys, which the Packers did last year. And I expect them to do again. So, you know, like Kenny Clark ain't playing. So Kenny Clark's backup slash his that backup backup are going to be in there pretty quickly. I, I just, I get a little uncomfortable in some of those environments with guys just, in fairness, laying it on the line because in these practices, I haven't mentioned to you today when we're walking out of practice or when we were coming around the field. I asked you if you'd seen the hard knocks yet. And I said, the crazy part about hard knocks, Dan Campbell, their practice looked nothing like the Niners practice because they went full tackle, full go. And ironically, the Niners kind of did that today. Or a guy screwed up, and then Kyle screamed at him, and it was supposed to be like... Or in Burks. More like thud than like take... Tackled check, and then Fred Warner tackled both of them. <laughs> and kind of like jumped on their back. Like It was a little risky. That's how Lions practice looked. And I would imagine the Packers have not been tackling to the ground. So that's another thing. First time... I'm fighting for my roster spot and I get to hit the quarterback. And if you've been told like, Hey, this is, this is the franchise, right? There might not be a game plan all week, but are you, are you going coaches, Greg Williams right now? Well, I'm just saying like, Hey, you get to take that. You get to make Trey Lance look shitty. Cause if I'm D'Amico Ryan's, I'm going, Hey, this is everyone's been blowing this guy for three years. He's the best backup in the league. Let's nobody's been talking guy. about Jordan love for, but but that's how coaches talk to their players. Oh, Belichick says when he plays the Jets, they're a great team on film. I mean, yeah. it's just what you do. Because what are you going to say on Thursday night before the game besides just like, hey, we got to focus on us? You're going to do a couple motivational tactics, right? If if I was if I was the linebacker or defensive line coach for the Packers, you would have to like use some motivation with Trey Lance, right? We're not going to let this kid look good on us, right? What's that saying? Like, hey, hey, uh, hey, Billy, you want to make the team? We ain't two in touching here. In the time that he played last year, getting the ball out quickly was not trade strength. And that brings risk in preseason games, especially, right? I think it'll be interesting to see early in this game, however many drives he gets, 
you know, do they do they just try to get some easy throws in where the ball's out and Trey's not exposed in the pocket for long? Plays where Trey's not, you know, one of his strengths clearly watching practice, every time he rolls out and the play gets extended, we kind of write off the play because it's like, well, that'd be a sack, that'd be a sack, that'd be a sack, you know. But the reality is some of those would not be sacks. That's he'd take off. That's right? his skill set. He'd take yeah. off. He'd be strong enough to break out of a tackle. He'd stiff arm a defender. He'd spin back, look downfield, throw like so that's part of his game. And that's what is part of uh what's really exciting about his game or those second chance plays, whatever you want to call them, the broken plays. But that also brings with it a risk in a preseason. It'll be interesting to see kind of do you expect him to run the ball on Friday? I mean, not maybe not design runs, but I could see him taking off. That's what I mean, design runs. You don't think there'll be any design runs for training? Uh, Doubt in the preseason. But who knows? Kyle's a little old school. Most of these coaches are not doing what he's doing. Honestly, this year, do you know who it's going to be? It's going to be him, Andy Belichick, because B.A. retired, unless Todd Bowles copies him. like The the number diminished. His starting quarterback isn't playing, right? Who's? B.A., uh, Todd Bowles, Tom Brady. Does Tom get a series? No. I Honestly, I would imagine Todd Bowles shifts more to the, what everyone else is doing. You, I mean, whenever the Chiefs are on, I think they're on Saturday morning. Like, Patrick Mahomes is coming out, and he's going to throw. And if they go three and out, he'll come out another one because Andy likes moving the ball. And Belichick, Thursday night, you watch. Their starters are starting. Now, this year is a little weird because of the timing feels like all the preseason games are really within 13 to 15 games of each other, depending on the dates in which you play. I do what I would imagine a lot of coaches, their starters, maybe that one, two, three, like you're not going to make guys play back to back in like a five day span. And I remember when you read off the joint practices, I would imagine 80% of the league's joint practicing next week. Right. So the, the second preseason week could be really, really shitty <laughs> from a TV standpoint of just guys playing, don't you think? Could be, yeah. You're right, because the week three game is a Thursday. And Everyone get, plays on Thursday. And then, well, they don't, actually. I, I've been saying that. I was wrong. What's the deal? Well, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. There's Saturday week three preseason games? Makes yeah. sense. I guess you get the next week off. Why not? Well, that And wouldn't you be more inclined to get some guys some reps when you have, if you play on Friday, you don't play a regular season game for the I two, mean, weeks. two weeks. Yeah. It's a long time to just, now you got to cut down the team and a lot of moving parts for these next, there's a lot on the line in the NFL these next like 10 days, right? You got to have joint practice, guys making teams, guys earning spots. I know they won't be officially making the team, but there is, there's a lot of pressure starting basically Thursday night, I would say for like the next 10 days, like just league wide, a lot of people, a lot of players, a little tight, a lot of coaches evaluating, a lot of front offices, a lot of film being watched all over the league. This is a busy fucking time. Brendan on the stream says, couldn't Kyle just do three-step drops and work on quick passes with Trey Lance pass, pass clock for the kid. Quick throws. Yes, I mean, it would be what he's done in practice is taking some shots down the field, which is what they're going to want to do some of this year. So, And isn't that an easy one? Throw Danny Gray out there, have him run a go route. Take a shot for yeah. the home crowd. Even the home crowd. 5.30 kickoff, Silicon Valley traffic. I I bet it looks pretty empty when the ball kicks off at 5.37 or whenever it officially does. Yeah. Would you go to a preseason game as a fan? 
um, no, I parked in the parking garage across from Levi Stadium today, and the um, attendant, who's she's been very nice. I've seen her many days. She said, "See you Friday," and I said, "Nope." And she said, "But your media." I said, "Yeah, but I'm a different kind of. I'm new media." <laughs> and she was like, "Draymond." <laughs> John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about our friends at Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. Nobody does what Indeed does. Right now, start hiring with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ham. That's Indeed.com slash ham. Yep, guy. Indeed instant match. Over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description. The moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data, find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match. It finds the exact type person you're looking for. You don't want to waste time. You know, you don't want to hire an engineer when you're looking for a plumber. You don't want to hire a plumber when you're looking for an electrician. You know, you don't want someone that uh you know, a pool guy when you're looking for a chef. John, if you're looking for a third down back, you don't want somebody who can't block or catch the football. No, you, you need to find your specific needs, scheme fits for your own business. And that's where our friends at Indeed, they help you find scheme fits, guy. Yep. You know, Indeed assessments help take the stress out of the interview process. You get candidates that prove themselves before the interview so that you can dive deeper into talking to them about what's important to you because you know they already have the qualification. So start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ham. Offers good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app, Called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's... Only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out. Or concerts. Game time app. Promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Indeed. So, Jordan Love. Have we checked the numbers on uh, Jordan Love's career yet? Is this a big moment? This is a big preseason for him? I mean, at some point, somebody else will play quarterback for the Packers. And it feels like the Packers are, um, at this moment in time, content to just wait it out. Why wouldn't they be? The guys won back-to-back MVPs. 
And at some point in time, three years from now, Jordan Love will be 26 years old, 27 years old, and uh, taking over a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. And if that happens, we'll look back and say, nice pick. But if anything other than that happens, what a weird start to a career for Jordan Love. What will his career even become? Who knows at this point? So basically, he's been on the team for two years, both the MVP seasons. Uh, So he has served a role. Right. Would you draft a player to get your star quarterback back to MVP form? Every team in the league would. Right. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they completely knew that. Clearly not because it looked like a disaster. He just has not been very good. I mean, last year with the immunization, remember, he started. I guess he just started the one game with the Chiefs and they, they lost 13 to seven. Remember when his mom and girlfriend were at the top of Arrowhead in the in the nosebleeds? Yeah. I mean, he was 55%. Now, part of Jordan Love was almost like a poor, poor man's Trey Lance. Good kid, good physical attributes, but very kind of Josh allen in college. Remember, inaccurate. Utah State was in a weird transitional period, but like he does have physical gifts. I watched yeah, a little his, bit. Of- his, 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 did he play four years? Yeah, his second to last year in college was good, and then his last year year was bad. Then he came back with a bunch of hype, and it wasn't as good. But he does have physical attributes. I will say this. Hiawaska, whenever he brings him up, does speak highly of him. And I've even heard Devontae talk about him and spoke. like they. I think he's well-liked in the building, which is always a positive as a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I would say by about your third year, one thing Jimmy did, I, I remember working out at the Bay Club probably in like, 2000 might have been 17 could have been 2016 2017 when he was still on the Patriots and being on the treadmill and watching a preseason game Patriots versus whoever and thinking like fuck Jimmy looks pretty good and the build up by then right he had been the backup for several years and there was hype like people have been trying to trade for him Bill kept saying no but I think he was widely considered like this guy's gonna be a starting quarterback and I remember hearing Tom Curran say one time like people forget Jimmy's first year was like, they're like, is this guy any good? Like it, it doesn't happen overnight. Everyone goes a little slower. Jimmy, small school. And I'm not saying this guy's going to turn into Jimmy Garoppolo, but big transition Utah State. Also, a lot of weird stuff going on in the organization, like the star player. Kind of be a little weird spot. I think we should leave this game if the guy's going to be a starting quarterback one day, obviously for a different team. Uh, like, God, that guy's pretty talented, right? And the defense we've seen, you and I have been to all these padded practices. It's not going to be easy. So to me, if he does it against a defense that's going to be flying around, I'll be impressed. I think it's a pretty big moment. I, I I told you this morning. I this first, you know, looking at my phone and the Packers Twitter account is just like the first thing when I opened up on my browser, and it's just Gudikins. He's just giving a press conference. I was like, God, I wish Lynch or someone just give a press conference, just there in his Packer gear, like he's the coach. And he's just getting rattled questions. And they were obviously asking him a lot about Jordan Love and asking what is like, what are ultimately like, what are you guys looking from? And he, and he basically just said basic things like moving the ball, having successful drives. Like he didn't say, I need three touchdowns, but it's basically, it's pretty clear when the quarterback is, the offense is moving behind him and you'll be able to tell. I think it's going to not going to be an, this is a tough challenge you know, to look good against a defense that is just goes too deep at a lot of positions and a defensive line that, you know, I mean, they wouldn't play their starters anyway, but like 
they have multiple star offensive linemen that are injured. You know, it's not like Bakhtiari, even if he could, he, he's not even at, off pup or whatever yet. So I, I think the league is keeping an eye on this game for specifically for him. Like, is this guy going to become a trade candidate? Like, it kind of needs to happen because he doesn't get reps. There's the immunization thing. Like, no one gives a shit about that anymore. So Rodgers ain't missing any games. So th- this is his time to kind of – this is his tape. Yeah, I mean, but he is only in year three, right? He was a first-round pick, so they have his rights for five years. But I'm I'm talking about, like, right now he has, he doesn't have any value, right? There's no value. Like, if they want – they couldn't flip him for a second-round pick or something. No, I know, but what I mean is it's – what if they believe that he – what if they still believe – and I, we have no reason to know what they believe at this point, other than he's still their backup. They haven't replaced him there. What if they still think there's a chance he replaces Aaron Rodgers one day, whenever that day is, and they're just going to hold on to him until that day comes? They might. Rodgers keeps saying he can retire at any moment. <laughs> yeah. He likes to keep them on their toes. But, I, but, like, but I you're just a couple years away, though, guy, from, okay, you, this is where they kind of ran into with Jimmy. A little different because right. Tom wasn't leaving. If Rodgers plays two more years, so you would pick up his fifth year, like he would play – as a backup on the fifth year option, like financially, it would start getting a little yeah, weird fast. True. That's true. Now you're still two years away from that, right? Because he's only in his third year, so he's got his fourth. They still have multiple years. But my point is to feel good about it, either internally or like, no, like we got an asset here. This is his month. Like ultimately, Jimmy kind of grew some buzz because Jimmy was making plays in the preseason. Yeah, and then got his chance and played really well. Right. And played and got really hurt. Well. Yeah. But even without Ward and Mosley, Charvarius Ward and Mosley, like you said, one thing we've been watching with this Niners defense, it's a really deep their starters are clear tier one. Everywhere except I'd say their backup corners are experienced, right? And talented. Well, and then they're kind of started in the playoffs. Right? Exactly. And then their D line. <laughs> like they got twos running that could easily sometimes their twos are running with the ones and sometimes I mean, right now, Kerry Hyder is basically one of their threes. Like, that's a damn good player for third on your depth chart. So the Niners D-line is is obviously the the, Curasec, the, the Kaseric effect is legitimate. But, like, w- one guy, you and I have been watching him a, a lot. How much – how laser-focused was Chris Kaseric when he was just setting up his cones for his drill? You could just see the – it was like, I live for this this moment. One thing watching that happen, you and I were walking by while that was going on, is you don't realize like you watch players do drills and they hit like those pads that bounce back and bounce forward. You know, they're like they rock back and forth. It, like it took two of Kaserik's helpers to drag one of those things over. When you see Bosa, you're like, oh, he's just going through the motions because he takes two steps and like slaps that thing down. But then you see how heavy it is when normal humans have to drag it into position and it takes like two of them that. Uh, even the things that happen at 80% speed in an NFL practice are happening with more exertion than most people have the ability to give. Right. Strong dudes. <laughs> Strong dudes. Charles Amenahu. I mean, there's a guy who stands out on a field, right? And over the years, we've seen a lot of 49ers that stand out. You and I, it's the first thing you notice. You were a scout, so you definitely notice that stuff right away. But I'll never forget. We were actually talking about it today seeing Peyton Manning walk onto a field, seeing Eli Manning walk onto a field, seeing Carson Palmer walk onto a field. They just stand out. Rivers, Rivers was big. Rivers was another guy. Going to Irish practice and seeing 
Buckner and Armstead together. Watching Javon Kinlaw chase Trey Sermon today was a remarkable thing to watch. He is picking them up and putting them down. I mean, his knees get up very high for a guy his size. His feet come high off the ground when he runs for a guy his size. Charles Amena, who was another guy that just stands out. And I said to you today, I'm like, what's the deal? Here's this guy. He's only 24 years old. He went to Texas. He was the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year one year. How did he end up as a fifth-round pick? Because watching the last couple of days, my thought was if the Niners had drafted Charles Amenahu, I think he'd have a little more hype than he has right now when you just look at his physicality and when you think about who he's going to play with and who he's going to play for. And then when you watch them practice, there he is lined up opposite of Bosa sometimes. Today he lined up against Trent Williams several times. On the run plays, there well, he wasn't going anywhere. But tw- once he bent around Trent, and I don't know if I would call it a win, but I, I thought it was more a win for him. He got his hand on Nate Sudfeld's back as Sudfeld was throwing the ball. The last play of the practice before the horn blew, Trey Lance stepped up in the pocket. It was a Menahu against Trent Williams. Not really Trent's fault because the quarterback stepped up right next to him. But Amenahu was right there to, you know, as much as he's allowed to, put an arm on on Trey Lance. Like, just watching what reps he gets, it's clear that Chris Kasarik thinks he's a really good player. Well, I I just I, – I probably sat down and watched 20 minutes of the Raider-Jag Hall of Fame game, and all of a sudden a guy makes a play, and Tariko's like, what up? Good backside pursuit by Arden Key. There you go. And he's, he's a good example of Arden Key looked the part. Long. From LSU, underachiever. I and you asked what round? me, uh, Arden was the third round. But I do think a lot of people at the time thought like that's a little, that might be a stretch to pick him on the second day. And I would say this that it felt like Arden career Key's career was headed down the wrong way, and he was going to be out of the league. And Chris Eric now made him like that you know, kind of catalyst for the Niners. Does that get him an extra three or four years? Now he only signed a one year deal. So it's not like he had a bunch like of four people. million. Yeah. Yeah. But does he just play several more years and become a backup pass rusher? And I, you said like, how does a guy like that from Texas? Cause he is just as scouts would say, best looking guy on the hoof. Like they're just walking out the bus. I would say Kinlaw and Armstead by far and Trent. I mean, those are some of the better looking players in the NFL. Amenahu is not like that. He's thinner, but just in terms of he's got kind of like uh, Alden-y vibes just in terms of length. Like he just really stands out from being tall. And the Niners, they, beside Armstead and, and Kinlaw, who are enormous, they've always had a lot of short D tackles. I mean, the dude the Broncos just signed for $30 million. Like they they have no problem. And this is the Jim Washburn, Kaseric, their way of thinking. They like penetrating guys. So they can lip Mo Hurst, who got hurt earlier in camp. They like those like six foot, six one, three hundred pound like athletes, you know, that can fucking pass rush. Cause they let's face it, the Niners, their linebackers make the tackles. <laughs> their D line pass rushes. That's that's what those those guys are doing. Now, that's where I think they ideally want Kinlaw to really come through, right? He's more of a hybrid. Armstead kind of too, but the word I when I got why well, text a couple college directors I'm like how's a guy like this fall the fifth round and they're like you know character stuff but nothing bad 
Well, we heard the same thing with Drake Jackson. Yeah. And they said the biggest thing was like major, major underachiever. And to me, that's when I think Arden Key, like Arden Key's big thing, major, major underachiever. Because when you see an Arden Key or when you see this guy, you go, God, this guy, this guy looks better than all these guys that the Niners have had for the last three years on their D-line. Well, John, the other thing, Drake Jackson comes from USC underachieving program. Texas underachieving program is where Charles Amenahu came from. And right? we talked about this the other day. Like what a Niner guy told me is Hufunga was in the shitstorm too. And he's one of the rare guys over the years rose above it. No win loss, four win season, eight win season, everyone to a man, Hufunga, the guy. We love him. We would. He could have played for Pete's teams. And a lot of the other people, because you just like start blaming people for losing, coaches never want to be like, yeah, it's my fault, I can't scheme. It's like, Drake Jackson, you won't listen to anybody. I don't know. That's what they said. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah. that's what gets said. That's not what I just program. heard immature was what I heard about Drake, not at, but, like coming out of you. But that type of stuff, when you're losing, like, it's not yeah. like, you know, Charles Amenahu, he's, you know, if we had 11 of him, like, it's like, he, no, he just freelances. He does his own thing. I, it's easy. Th- those, those type things get said. And then, you can find value. The value is always had. Now, you miss a lot too, you know, but I don't think Kyle Shanahan would swing at underachievers if they didn't have Kacerik. Like, he's not into those type players. But they have consistently now taken swings with Kacerik because he turns them from underachievers into achievers. Well, if there was an expansion coach draft and Kyle Shanahan could only protect one coach on his staff, which coach would he protect? I would tell him to protect Kacerik. Because he's going to lose D'Amico no matter what. Yeah, because he's going to lose D'Amico no matter what. And it doesn't seem like Kacerik's about to leave to become like it feels like as long as Kyle pays Kacerik and lets him do his thing. I don't know. I would love to ask Chris, like talk to him like, Chris, what? Like, I was thinking about this driving down the other day. If I was Shanahan, wouldn't you want to sit down with Chris Kacerik and just say, Chris, what is it that you want out of your coaching career? Is Because I want to make sure you get it here because I do not want to lose you, right? Yeah, to me, like, you could sign him to, like, a four-year, $12 million contract. Make him, like, the highest-paid position coach in the league. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Basically, I pay you, like, what's the what's a high pay coordinator in the NFL make, a defensive coordinator? Two and a half, three, four million dollars. We pay you something like that to be our defensive line coach and a long-term extension fully guaranteed. You just operate like the SEC. Like, I'm just going to pay you so much that you don't want to do anything. Like, if this is what you're happy doing, you don't feel obligated to go be a defensive coordinator because somebody will pay you more money. Well, I I would be – there are other elite defensive line coaches, too, in the league. I would be shocked if he's not making, if I had to take an educated guess, $2 million right now. Like, he's, he's highly compensated. Well, what's he worth to them? Well, if when you, you factor in the you keep underachievers, yeah, five, it's an expensive uh, position that he coaches. So if he can help you get value at that position, then he saves you money. Eight million dollars, real money, money that really matters, <laughs> salary cap money. Yeah, eight million dollars. Yeah, I mean, I like if Charles Amenahu, because like here's the thing with them: a bunch of their guys are free agents on the defensive line. Actually, a bunch of their guys on defense, like the two Greenlaw and Al Shire, and then Bose is under contract. Kinlaw's under contract. Obviously, Drake Jackson's under contract. Armstead's under contract. Jimmy Armstead's Ward's under contract. contract. Hufunga's under contract. Their, their corners are. Mosley might be a free agent. I think Mosley is because he was an RFA this year. So the linebackers, Mosley, guys like Amenahu. I imagine some of the D-tackles. Cam. I got to check the... 
I think Ebicam is. Hyder's here for one year, right? Givens. To me, that that's where his value replace all those guys. I I, I got to worry about the two linebackers because you probably let yeah. Mosley go and hopefully like uh, you know, Ambry, whoever steps into that, right? And that's part of football. I think the linebacker thing you got to at minimum one of those guys getting kept, right? They're not letting both those two guys walk, assuming they're healthy and play well this season. So, no I'm chance. sorry, you talking about? The, I'm looking up Mosley's contract. You are talking about the linebackers? Wasn't one of the two of them. I, I'm not sure which one, but one of the two yeah. of them is staying. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel like, we'll see, it doesn't feel like they have the next guy ready right now this second, but you made the point to me, and this is something that happens, in, like, who are you hiding? Who are you playing? I think it'll be interesting to see, like, who they give carries to at running back. If they're giving Trey Sermon a bunch of carries, it doesn't necessarily mean they like him more than Jordan Mason. It might mean they're trying to hide Jordan Mason, you know? Yeah. But, um yeah, unrestricted free agent for Mosley in 23. So, anyway, that's a separate conversation, but uh, Amenahu. They just got a lot of guys that are going to be put in positions where they don't have to do too much, and I think Amenahu's in that spot. Drake Jackson, obviously, is in that spot. What? I mean, it says Jimmy Ward. I don't know what quite this fucking thing's weird. Say he's a free agent in 2023, but. Are you on uh, over the cap or spot track? I'm on spot track. He signed a three-year deal. Uh, Yeah, I don't don't know. I I think this is wrong because it says. But. Anyway. Um, One other thing to watch for Friday, I think. Kind of one of the sneaky stories in Niner Camp. Not that we spend a lot of time on this because I'm on this show. I'm really the one that emphasizes interior defensive uh, offensive line play. But if they just stumbled into a starting right guard, Spencer Burford, stumbled in is not the right word. They drafted him in the fourth round. That's a pretty big story. If he just because it, it doesn't feel like he's playing right guard because they have no options. Not that they have other great options. I'm not saying they do, but it does feel like they. It's there's not been much of a battle. Clearly, he's impressed them to the point that they've just made him their starting right guard. You're gonna have to give them more credit than me. Like that's that's just NFL business. Like we were drafting into like you should be able to find a rookie guard. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think like that yeah, highly I just, of that move. I'm not saying it's not a. I'm, I'm not just saying, saying it's a bad thing. I, I'm not talking about whether it's we should speak highly of it. I'm just saying it hasn't happened for them in a couple of years and it looks like it just happened for them now maybe you're saying that's the way that's supposed to happen but i'm just it hasn't been happening for them they've drafted offensive linemen and yeah i mean happened. they've had they had a pro bowl left guard who got 30 million bucks they had alex mack and what's his name before that the guy they had signed from colorado state who got had a major injury so they paid they've paid historically for centers and then their other guard was kind of a rotating thing I would say the first guy that they really invested highly in was Banks, and he clearly wasn't ready. But, like, once normal football, and that's what happened post-2020, like off-seasons and stuff, like, you got to be able to find me a starting guard or center fourth or seventh round, which is good. Like, it's I'm not saying that, like, but that's good job. My, My point, this conversation to me is not a credit conversation so much as it is, like, I didn't know two weeks ago who was going to be playing right guard for them, and it just seems like very quickly they found a right guard. 
to the point that it makes me wonder if the guy's actually pretty good. Well, I just brought up his, like, you know how Zerline does those write-ups of yeah. the draft pick? What do you say? He had him as a fourth-round projection. He said it was a big deal that UTSA landed him because he was a four-star recruit and had those traits you like to see from tackles. Many teams will have him as a guard, but I would give him a shot at tackle because of the length and the feet, said a scout for an AFC team. So he's he a talented become, player. Yeah, wow. How did he end up at UTSA? Grades? Grades, potentially. I mean, he's got he's got long arms. He's a good athlete. Like, it's, yeah, right. it's just... NIL? <laughs> might be a little bit of... Lo- I mean, he ran a... Uh, I thought he ran a 4 seven forty. No, he ran a five one forty. He ran four seven shuttle. Yeah, he's just give me a starter in the fourth round. Um, Aiden Hutchinson, you watch Hard Knocks. I didn't watch Hard Knocks yet. You recommended it. You I, haven't I, recommended Hard Knocks in four well, years. I quit it. I mean, I I haven't watched it until, and then I realized it might have been McCarthy. I, I would recommend. Well, I mean, the episode is fantastic relative to what it's been. It was just, it was an enjoyable watch. That's all I can. Like I'm not. The, the day and age of getting the personnel meetings are clearly over, right? Of getting like uh, talking shit about my third rounder or my veteran hot dog in it. But it, it's an enjoyable watch. Part of it is they have. I'm a little biased, I guess. Do Staley's plays a role in this hard knocks. So knowing him, I used to pick him up my first year. He was an intern. I was an intern. I used to pick him up because he stayed at the hotel every day. <laughs> But he was such a good coach. Now, granted, I mean, he played for Andy. I just love like, the idea of Deuce Staley and you, like, both both interns. Deuce is like, so what did he do to get here? Because you guys all know what I did to get here. <laughs> but Deuce was one of those, like, only came for training camp, and it was like he wasn't going anywhere. Like, he was that good. You know, he just kind of had it. One thing that Dan Campbell on the staff, he claimed on the episode, like, I didn't set out to do this. It kind of just happened. I think they'd said 88 years of playing experience on a staff. Like they, they, the main guys, like seven of them all go, Hey, I'm Deuce Daly, 10 years in the NFL. Hey, I'm Antoine Randall L nine years in the NFL. Hey, I'm Aaron Glenn, 15 years in the NFL. Hey, I'm, you know, Mark Brunel, 15 years in the NFL. Wait, Brunel's going, on the Lions staff quarterback coach. Was he there last year? I don't know. Hey, I'm Hank Fraley, 10 years in the NFL. Like most of their position coaches are again, not, two-year players minimum nine and up wow i did not know that so the the coaches play a big role and they they just feel but it doesn't feel as like you know sometimes coaching campbell played 10 years in the nfl you know it's just just got a good vibe it's Mm. they're a very likable group i'm gonna flip that on uh, and maybe part of it is like you just know the lions have always sucked because I, when I was driving down to practice, McAfee and his guys were talking about it. And it's always everyone always roots for the Hard Knocks team. I think it's a little bit different this time because they have been, they're the Lions. You know, they're so shitty all the time. It's like, I would love to just see these guys just be competitive. Yeah. Know? Like the Cardinals are going to be Hard Knocks midseason. I'd forgotten about that. November well, yeah, 9th, there's going to be another Hard Knocks. Well, the episode ends, right? The the even you know how Hard Knocks always does. Like the last two minutes are kind of credits, but it's like inside, like do stay yeah, yeah, telling yeah. people not to fart in his meeting. And just different. <laughs> so if you fart in your meeting, you get kicked out of the meeting. But then it then it kind of ends, and then it goes to all of a sudden to Arizona, and it's just I think it was New Hopkins like doing rehab, and then it's like November 9th. 
in-season hard knocks. It's like, do I really need these guys? Can't wait for Kyler video gaming. Yeah, they probably. A uh, couple other news stories, John. Deshaun Watson is scheduled to start Friday against the Jags. As is Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, the pride of Urban Meyer, also uh, will play in that game. So, What's Friday the game? Night. Browns, Jags. Excited to see the Jags. Watching Deshaun Watson play football is going to feel kind of weird on Friday night. I'll tell you that. Very weird. <laughs> Training camp buzz. Mitchell Trubisky pulling ahead in Steelers quarterback competition. This could be Mike Tomlin's greatest coaching job if they win eight games. <laughs> Mitch has made the playoffs before. Uh, somebody asked Christian Watson. No, Christian Watson, I guess, did you hear Gutekind say? Apparently, like, he thinks he's going to be back next week. It's coming off hurt. like a, a knee got surgery. Hurt. It might be a surgery he's coming back from. I didn't know that. Uh, maybe it was a cleanup. But um, I, saw, I saw this morning before I headed out. You know how Brian Jensen, the Bucks center, tore his knee. The dude yeah. that replaced him carted off today. No. I don't know what's going on at Bucks practice. Guys are dropping like flies. Well, it's funny you say that because I was thinking driving down to Niners camp today, like, man – Feels like they've had a pretty healthy run. I mean, Ward and then War, uh, Charvarius Ward and Mosley were both out, but it, Charvarius. they really they really have it right. I mean, they've had starters go to uh, what's his name went down. They just haven't had the card off. Who who? I mean, Armstead hasn't practiced, but for the most part, Mosley pulled I, a hammy. Ward has a muscle strain. Yeah, now, but what I'm saying, like for the most part, when I when the Niners' offense is jogged onto the field, it's like, well, there's everyone that they want on the field for their first snap of the season. Right. My point is there is a difference, though, in a training camp when everyone witnesses a guy on the field go down. Then, like, yeah. the next day, dude's on crutches. doesn't feel as bad. No, and it doesn't feel like the war- Charvarius Ward. Now, I don't know. A hammy for Mosley does. But I would say this. Bit if at practice, we're all sitting there. Ward's running with IU, goes down and limps off field. Even if it's the same injury, that would feel worse than not really witnessing it the you're next right. day. Like, it tightens up. Yeah. It's like, right oh, whatever. That. He's good. You're like, yeah, no worries. Right about that. Um, Saints Taysom Hill on switch to tight end. This isn't necessarily what I want, but it's what's best for the team. You blame him. His head guy told him he was a quarterback for like seven years. When does Roger Goodell talk next? Uh, <laughs> good sign or bad sign? I, I think there is. it just shows there is a level of wealth where you don't even have to know Roger Goodell's name properly that um, – that's quite a wealth. That's quite a money bubble that you live in when you just bought an NFL team. And Roger Goodell is uh, how you pronounce the commissioner's name. Because in reality, he's not your boss. You're his boss. I did feel like there's a difference between the level of wealth and like does this guy even like football? That, that was yeah, my wh- first. Has anybody? Wh- why? Like I know I'm watching the Mets and I go, Ax Bobby Axelrod just is having the time of his life riding this roller coaster every day. Right? The Clippers. Yeah. Their owner loved. Well, wasn't the owner. thing with Steve Cohen loved baseball. Steve Ballmer loves basketball. Like yeah. they, they are junkies. Joe Lacob loves the sport of basketball. This guy just want to be a governor because it, it's good money. <laughs> but do you notice this? What? Do you know what's so stupid about that? <laughs> what? Yes, uh, what, <laughs> I do. It, it was only their partners. The partners, Sports Center tweets out governor. TNT NBA tweets out Ble- Bleacher. Like, I've noticed it. Bleacher gives me the alert. It's weird, B- but the reporters don't like Shams does not. The owners so, don't do the owners. Do the commissioners even say it? 
it's pretty embarrassing. Goodle, I don't think Goodle says it. My, my my day and ages of arguing on Twitter died years ago, but that's one of those that 2019 me would have been like, this is. I predict we have to acknowledge this is the dumbest fucking thing ever. You are pretending something doesn't exist when it 100% exists. The fucking guy owns the team. The players know it. He knows it. The league knows it. Every human knows it. Stop calling him a fake name. Stop making up names that aren't real names. He's not the governor. He doesn't govern anything. He signs the checks. It honestly kind of ticked me off. It really did. Because I think that stuff is so stupid. Well, I, yeah, I, I agree. It's ridiculous. Yes. Cannot, it cannot be overstated. How stupid it is. How ridiculous it is. Now, in the peak of everything, 2020, I can get it. But, like, are, are you guys going to continue this with a straight face? Because it feels like you're trying to. Who is it satisfying, really? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Aiden, I, back on Hard Knocks real quick. I did see the Aiden Hutchinson singing. I think every person wants, if you have the moment that Aiden Hutchinson had, if you didn't see it, singing Billy Jean in the uh, rookie training camp, talent show and the whole room singing with him to me that is one of those moments that you just you tell that story that i think that's the the peak not the peak but it's one of the peaks of how good you can feel in a moment is how good aiden hutchinson felt singing in front of all of his teammates and his teammates singing along with him standing on their feet like he was um you know a real rock star i thought that that to me was People dream of that. Aiden Hutchinson will feel like if if you had that moment on your first day of work, you would have friends at that office as long as you work there. You just instantly become very comfortable. Yeah, it was. I thought that was cool. when they do the wide shot and all of his teammates start singing with him. Was I watched that thing seven times this morning? I'm telling you, I, I watch Hard Knocks today because they have another guy. I. I I wasn't super locked in on the other guy. He has a he has like a Mexican last name, so maybe he was, I don't know. And he came out like it was it was good too. The, the two the rookie stuff. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Did they just sprinkled in? It wasn't like all at once, like they do some stuff and then they'd make a rookie do it, then they do some stuff, then they'd make a rookie do it. it was just they're likable squad, I'll tell you that much. The little engine that could they're going to have some fans, people people pulling for them. First game, Eagles, them did kind of like them in an upset. Yeah, what do you – you know, you go back last year, remember they got blown out sometimes, but then they played some close games. Two-point loss to the Ravens, two-point loss to the Vikings, uh, 
blown out, blown out, tie with the Steelers, three-point loss to the Browns, two-point loss to the Bears, two-point win over the Vikings, blown out, blowout win over the Cardinals, four-point loss to the Falcons, blowout loss to the Seahawks, and, uh, you know, bullshit Week 18 win. But, like, remember, they played in a ton of close games last year. Yeah. And won only three games. <laughs> they went three and 13 and one. But they played in a lot of close games. All right. Uh, Friday. What's the plan Friday? Tell the people. Second half. Feel yeah. it out. Yeah, I think early, early second half. Ham will be live on YouTube. Um, See how Brock Purdy's looking and then uh, and fire Nick, away. Nick Mullins 2.0. We did surprise you if Marcus Thompson, who we saw today at practice, media member, was allowed to park in the players' lot. Wouldn't surprise me if they let Marcus. He walked up like he was allowed to park in the players' well, lot. Well, definitely for the Warriors, he he parks in the players' lot. Uh, yeah, I, I, I the Niners, you know, he's. I, I told him, like, your next book, bro, like Walsh to Shanahan. Like, you know, you've ridden Steph and KD. How about, like, you know, come in swinging with, you know, Shanahan wins the Super Bowl, like, Kyle's biography. Yeah, I don't know. Something like uh the 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 uh the origin of the kid or you know <laughs> from some from a father's son, you know. Mm. The Shanna plan. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> something like uh yeah, I, I don't know. Against all odds, but Kyle Shanahan, against all odds. <laughs> what would be the name of Shanahan's book? That's a great question. We could open interviews with that question. What would be the name of your book? He'd be like, get me out of here. <laughs> My what? <laughs> My book? All right, everybody. Thanks Later. for hanging with us. Later.